0: Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. This is Minnesota number 10, and you're like, what's a Minnesota? What's the deal with it? What, like, what is it? Well, you know what it is. This is a thing where you, re- you send me hilarious stories about... Disability and I read them back to you because they're hilarious and we start a dialogue and I speculate wildly about the hilarious thing you sent in. Doesn't have to be about sex, just has to be about disability, and I will turn it into a minisode, which is a tiny little ten minute morsel of amazingness that I produced because I want to hear your stories and I think it's fun. So that's what a Minnesota is and this is Minnesota number ten. So for this one, I got two emails from the same person, um, and they told me their name, but they would prefer to remain anonymous. So when I do this one, I'm going to not tell you their name or their gender identity or any of those things, unless, unless it's read to me in the email, because in the first email, they tell me, but then in the second email, they're like, please keep things anonymous. So... I'm going to do my best to do that because that's what they asked me for. So in the email, they say, Hi, my name is blank. For reference, I identify as straight pronoun he and him, and I have CP. Hey, hey, I have CP too. What up? Us CPers have to say together, right, right? He says, I don't use a mobility device. I got that trademark spastic CP walk. So what you mean is you have a swagger, I love the CP swagger. It's kind of hot, personally. It's super... It turns me on just a little bit. So he says, I'm new to the show. Your content is helping me be more okay with myself. Thanks. You're welcome, friend. You're welcome. He says, So anyway, at the end of your minisodes, you always say to send in disabled sex stories. I couldn't think of any. Then I, remem- then I remembered I was in a fraternity from... 2008 to 2011, were you in Kappa Theta Cripple? See what I did there? Kappa Theta Cripple! That would be an awesome fraternity to be in. Kappa Theta Crip? I think we should totally start one. Or universities around the North Americas? We should start disabled fraternities. Yes, we should. Fraternities and sororities. Yeah, we totally should do that. Anyway, I'm going off on a giant tangent. But he says, this one time... I got my balls wiped by two likely coked-up strippers in front of 40 people. What? And then he says, Is this worth a minisode? There are definitely some ideas about disability and hyper-masculine culture, and I don't know. Consent? Plus, it's kind of funny, but I don't know if it counts as a, quote, sex story. Then he says, P.S. It was totally against my will. and was only funny because I... Because I happened to had always, I happened to had always fantasized about shit like that, so it worked out. Keep killing it, queer cripple. Thank you for the content. So that was only the first of two emails that this person sent me, um, and he sent me another email to the new disability after dark email disabilityafterdark at gmail.com is what he sent it to. And when I open it up, and I'm going to open it up again, I opened it up for a minute when I first got it, and I'm going to open it up again right now. And he sent it to me, and I was like, whoa. it's." So he writes me again. He says, hi, Andrew. I'm the dude with this tripper story. It ended up being pretty hard to write and getting a bit dark. I I hope it still works. If you need to change any wording... That comes off as problematic, go ahead. I also I also wonder if you could ask for about for slash about listener experiences from female bodied women identified people with disabilities in similar cultures. Maybe not sororities particularly, but some hypergendered, hypersexualized space. I've never heard that perspective before. Thanks. And like all being an anonymous dude. So he wants me to keep everything anonymous, and so I'm opening up the email he sent me, it's literally like three pages of amazingness, so this minisode might actually end up being a little bit longer than I expected it to be, um, he says, he calls he literally wrote it out like a story, it's actually amazing, and when you send me minisodes, they must be all formatted like this. This, if you could see what I'm looking at right now, it's incredible. It's like a, literally a story. It's great. So he was li- he he titled it. It's got a title. It's called a CP boy's first foray into full-fledged fratland. And then in brackets, he's like, I know you love alliteration. Holy fuck, this person gets me so hard because I do love alliteration. That's amazing. So he was like, he says in the story, I was a classic. Suburban teenager, short, stocky, with a proper ju-fro, a big mouth, and a CP walk out of a, out of a medical textbook. I suffered from the hopelessly cliché compulsion to fly to the, quote, big city and reinvent myself. So I joined a frat. I, pl- I survived pledge semester. It was the first week of 2009. Pinocchio was finally a real frat boy. It was my first night in the house as one of the bros the first time I saw a naked woman, and the heretofore only time I got my balls whipped. Can we just talk about how amazing it is that you use the words heretofore in this story? This is the best thing ever. At the beginning of every calendar year, we have a, quote, retreat, a 10-hour meeting in which we actually discuss adult things like financial policy and maintenance costs. So naturally, after this meeting, things tend to get out of hand in the party department. It was tradition to hire, quote, entertainment because we can't say strippers. This is the story of my drunken and disabledly role in the end of of that tradition and the beginning of a pretty shitty identity crisis. He then goes on to subtitle it, Sex Part. So the night started out like most frat nights. There were shots, there were cheers, and I'm sure there were keg stains in there, but I can't remember. The first sign of trouble was that the entertainment showed up late. When the ladies finally showed up, the general intoxication level was profound. The setup consisted of a circle of chairs, a red strobe light, the two entertainers, and the kind of bouncer you get when you type scary black guy into Google, The performance started out with what I assumed was pretty standard. There was dancing, there was stripping, some people got thrown in the middle for lap dances. I had never seen boobs, not on a computer screen before, so needless to say I was transfixed. Then there was an intermission. Someone handed me what I seemed to remember was a shot of Jaeger, which in retrospect was one hell of an omen. Fifteen minutes later, the ladies returned, and things went batshit. All of a sudden, these girls were making out and fingering one another as the small bills covered the floor like confetti. Then, they turned the tables on us bros. Dudes were spanked, choked, and ridden like ponies, and our president was forced to eat a lollipop out of a lady's vagina. Whoa! With the bouncer on duty, forced was the only appropriate word. Then it was my turn. I remember in flashes, falling forward out of my chair, barely catching myself before my head hit the ground. A pair of hands grabbing my wrists, hauling me up as I look back at the sea of blurry faces pushed to the ground on my stomach. Hardwood, high heels, and chair leg. My pants come down, fear. Well, I've always fantasized about this, be careful what I was fucking wishing for. Hands pin me to the ground. Pain as my belt hits my as a belt hits my ass. Dulled by the warmth of booze. Get my arm free and the hands grab it with more force. Terror and massive boner. Another hit, more pain and warmth. On my stomach now. Cool air on my balls. Can't move my hands or my feet. Staring up at the woman holding my hands. Red backlit boobs and a c-section scar, a rush of adrenaline, and terror, I could not fathom that this was real. The belt came down to my balls, pain, (laughs) warmth. There were two more hits, and I was brought up, rock hard, still out for everyone to see. A girl said they were doing an HBO special, and I should call them, and threw me back in my chair. Ableism part. Next thing i remember was pissing off a balcony with a beer can in my hand and the comments started coming how are your nuts bro we all saw your dick dude your dick is bigger than i thought holy shit she whipped your balls dude and a few days later my big bro said you know you, you know it had to be you right the person who pushed me in, in another innocent the person who pushed me in another innocent bro apologized a few months later He said he didn't know that would happen, and it was either him or me. I said something like, don't trip, it was worth it. I wasn't lying, that night was in the spank bank for quite a while. However, I will never engage with those kinks in a context as unsafe as that again, because I did happen to derive pleasure from it. I was able to convert ableism into the currency of masculinity. Okay, that's a beautiful sentence. Turning ableism into the currency of masculinity is literally giving me a fucking word boner right now. That's amazing. He then continues, I was the little disabled dude that got the quote worst of it and was the only one who came out owning it like a champ. In writing this, I realized it was because a lot of the other dudes brought on stage were fucking traumatized by the whole thing. Makes me sad now. But anyway, my masculinity was secured. This was quite a precedent to set. I lived the mindset. I lived the mindset, first goal, be anything other than that disabled guy. If the currency of Fratland is fucking fighting, physical strength and partying and one and one and two aren't exactly in my wheelhouse, then I guess I'll meet you at number three. After all, disabled people aren't supposed to party. I'll take drugged out, oh, drugged out guy over disabled guy. Girls, I'll never be be your lover. Girls, I'll never be your lover. Need a friend. Some pills, a therapist. I'm your guy. As long as I'm not your, quote, disabled guy. I generally affected an attitude of bro-douchery, and it didn't work out. I had a girlfriend through the second half of this who has CP2, and I treated her like shit because I was so focused on feeling less disabled. The thing is, this was not some nightmare realm. As toxic as the culture can get, I had good times and real experiences with truly good people, but I let it start to dictate my identity, resulting in substance abuse and a couple of mental illness episodes, I guess. I was in three years total. I'm pretty solid mental health-wise now, which is why I can write this. The weirdest thing to realize is that a lot... Of the people in the fratland, the good ones, my real friends, totally saw me as more than my disability. Of course they did. They were my friends. And even though I knew that at the time, I was too busy trying to chase some, quote, normalness dragon. I also love the normalness dragon, and we should... Can somebody draw me a fucking normalness dragon, please? That would be amazing. He also says, I didn't know what internalized ableism was until I started listening to Disability After Dark. I'm pretty sure this whole story is that. And he just ends by saying, so yeah. Okay, that was the that was the standard of stories that everybody needs to follow now because that was really fucking good and I'm really I really like that you sent that in and thank you for sharing your feelings around toxic masculinity and fratland and disability and how all those things intersect. Thank you. That was a fucking awesome minisode. So so awesome. And so if you I want to I want to honor his request. If you are a sorority person with a disability or you joined a sorority and you have a disability or you are in a hypersexualized Um, and hyper socialized space uh, and you have a disability and you want to share those stories I want to turn that into a Minnesota too I also want to suggest that if you I want you to tell me your stories of when somebody said something super ableist to you and you had a great zinger for them and maybe you said it back to them maybe you didn't but I want you to tell me those stories. So you can write all those stories into, or basically whatever you want about disability for a You can write it into disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. I'm really excited for more minisodes. Please send them in. I cannot wait to do more of this. It's so much fucking fun. Thanks so much. And that's the minisode. And we will see you on Friday for our full episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ugiuchi. Any and all materials including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018.